Hey, 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 it's Neville Medora here for Friday, March 25th, 2022 with the stupid email, which of course means a swipe thought, uplifting picture, interesting and drawing. This first swipe, real short, real easy, and it proves that good copy doesn't always have to be complicated to be good. This simple rolling advertisement drove my by me the other day, and it did a great job of explaining everything I need to know about the product. And it was Matthew McConaughey, a picture of him with his bourbon long branch, and it says, it is my favorite bourbon on the planet. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's all you need to know. Um, here's an interesting thought. This is a breakdown of which brands are owned by which companies. And it's a circular graph with all the different brands you know. Uh, Life, Cereal, Wheaties, blah, 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 Pop-Tarts, Chex, Kicks, etc. And it shows which company owns it. So a couple thoughts on this. One, this is a really cool way to display this information. I mean, there's a lot of information in this one chart, and it just very accurately displays it and shows all the stuff that people own. Uh, number two, I never thought about how much consolidation of brands there was in a grocery store. I don't know why. I, just, I guess I never really thought about it. I just thought there was hundreds of different companies selling stuff. But it turns out it's about 11 companies that own 80% of the brands in major grocery stores. That's kind of wild. I will say one interesting thing is if you go to Whole Foods, you don't see most of these brands. So I wonder if they actually have started, I know they've started doing this, where they make like their whole food brand, like a, like a different brand that's not called Pop-Tarts, but it's like a healthy version of it. And then they sell it to Whole Foods and other chains like that that don't carry these mass market items. So kind of interesting. Um, this image also reminds me of this old uh, image I posted in the swipe file in this uh, stupid email before where it's 14 car companies control four, uh, 54 brands. So it's kind of interesting to watch an industry become fragmented and then consolidated. Here is something uplifting. Uh, this past weekend was Holi, which is an Indian festival of color, and it's a fun holiday it always has been ever since we were kids we'd go to these holy celebrations it was really fun and uh, me and some small uh, some friends at a small holy get together where you hang out you eat you drink and then you throw color at each other so it's like bags of chalk is is the easiest way i could describe it and everyone gets super super dirty so you always wear some crappy clothes that you uh you know you won't miss and so there's some pictures of us really dirty over here. Uh, it's, it's always fun driving back in your car. I'm, I've been enough uh, rodeos to know that you bring a towel or a big blanket to put on your car seat. And um, one fun thing is you even fill a bucket with water and you mix in a bunch of the powdered color. And then you get these little uh, squirt guns. You squirt it at people. And so someone's like, oh, I'm not, I don't have a lot of color. Ha ha. I escaped. And bam, you blast them with water. Here are two cool pictures. So these are two cool pieces of uh, wall art in my house that I have around, and they are deconstructed typewriters by an artist named Todd McLeland. And this same guy does these other deconstructed prints that I've always found to be really cool looking. So for example, he took apart a, uh, a truck, like a, like a toy truck, and put it back together with all the parts in it. He took apart a blender and kind of deconstructed it and make it made it look like a blender also, which is cool. He did it with watches and all sorts of different uh, different items. It's, it's pretty neat. Here's something interesting. The other day, uh, I've been watching all these documentaries and I found one called Street Gang about the making of Sesame Street. Yeah, the TV show. And it was interesting to find out that the Muppets segments, you know, the, the ones with the little anime, the, the cartoon character, not cartoon characters, like the actual physical characters like Grover and Elmo and Big Bird. Those were only small parts of the original show and the rest was human actors on their street set. However, they did test audiences with kids and the kids were like, 
we don't want these human actors. This is boring. The Muppets are fun. <laughs> and it was so overwhelming, the feedback, that they were like, all right, Muppets on all scenes. <laughs> so even the street scenes with the humans have Muppets in them. So if you notice, like, you know, Big Bird walks around with the humans. Kermit the Frog is hanging out on a wall. Bert, Ernie, etc. And another interesting thing I learned about Sesame Street is that Previous children's shows on TV in the 60s were essentially just disguised advertisements for cereals and toys, and they weren't considered very educational by any means. So, for example, uh, they show a clip where on this TV show, they would literally tell the kids on these children's shows, make sure to tell your parents you want Tootsie Rolls, and there'd be whole segments about how you should buy Tootsie Rolls and how Tootsie Rolls are really fun. And so, of course, a kid watching that is going to be like, Mom, Dad, I want Tootsie Rolls, and... These people that started Sesame Street wanted to make TV educational and have a real impact because they saw, you know, a lot of kids, especially city kids, were just watching TV all day. So Sesame Street hired educators and comedy writers to create sketches that were funny and entertaining. But every single one of them taught something useful, like a letter, a number, a concept, a song. So another thing they found out is that during their testing, they found if parents watched Sesame Street with their kids, like the kids weren't watching it alone, the kids learned a lot more because then the kids would be like, mom, what was five again? And the, the parent would have a discussion about what the number five was or whatever concept. And so they actually made a huge effort to make the show entertaining for adults as well. So if you watch Sesame Street as an adult, it's not like, you know, your number one show you would watch, but it's not unbearable to watch. So they made a huge effort to make the show entertaining for adults as well. So cool documentary. It's called Street Gang. Um, here's a drawing, and it's a concept called win-win-win. So it's where you think, how can I make everyone win here? So sometimes in business, I think sometimes people think like, how can I win? But they don't really care about the other side of the transaction. But in reality, if you make the other people win, they'll probably buy your product more or, you know, or, or use your service more, and you'll all win. You'll make more money, they'll get a better service, et cetera, et cetera. So here, here's an example. I was struggling with getting people to participate in our very early community. And I thought about it from the customer's point of view through this lens of win, win, win. And in reality, if I looked really hard at it, they were spending a ton of time on my platform. They were making my platform better by participating. And then ultimately they pay me for that privilege. So in a sense, I mean, they were getting something out of it, of course, but I was winning more than them. So I decided to flip it around where the customer would get as much benefit as I would. And so I added this feature called the copy reviewer tool where it takes your copy and you get it reviewed by myself and a bunch of writers. And we review all their copy, no matter what they post. And this was a huge benefit for the customer. And in fact, it was a huge benefit for the community because people could see, say, like an, a cold email that someone was sending out. We redid it and made it better. And then they watched a customer comment like, oh my God, this is 30% better, blah, blah, blah. And they showed the results. So the community was better. And I was also benefiting because more and more people ended up signing up just for this. It ended up actually becoming the primary motivation for people to join the community. And everyone was a winner. So I like that concept of win, win, win. Anyways, my name is Neville Medora. I hope you'll enjoy this stupid email for Friday, March 25th, and I will talk to you later.